This is an RNZ podcast. He came and broke the door off and said, hang on to the sofa. And we floated with the dog on the sofa across to his fence line. If it wasn't his, we'd be gone. That was Rua Cooper, a nurse who told News Hub Sam Hayes last weekend that a neighbour had saved her by breaking into her own home in Hawke's Bay during Cyclone Gabriel. It was compelling stuff, but people have told Sam Hayes that others breaking into their homes since then in the region weren't doing it to save them. Meanwhile, the police minister has taken a swipe at gangs such as the mongrel mob as lawlessness, looting and gun violence escalated further in Hawke's Bay. And it didn't take us long to find people who are angry and scared. After that, the police and the Prime Minister denied that lawlessness, looting and gun violence was really escalating. But plenty of people in and around Eskdale were certainly telling Sam Hayes that. The gangs are coming in, or just looters in general, are coming in, trying, threatening people, stealing their stuff. Low lives are just coming out, trying to steal the food that's been dropped off. Um, filming the street so that they can come back later and grab generators and quad bikes and whatever has survived. And that, that breaks my heart. And that would break anyone's heart, and so would helping hands having to be diverted from cleaning up to security. So locals here have set up their own roadblocks. It's just despicable, isn't it, you know, taking advantage of people when they're at, at their, um, their highest time of need and at their lowest. At the next checkpoint down the road, I spoke to a traffic management worker. He can't appear on camera, but he told me that he's had a gun pulled on him by people who refuse to stop. And when Esk Valley residents were evacuated again this weekend, News Hub at 6 showed that road workers staffing the cordons were accompanied by police officers. And it's not just News Hub that's been reporting these concerns lately. One woman told RNZ on Friday that a group of people tried to get into her place nearby and it wasn't the only one. Quite often there's a lot of people and a lot of cars around out there that we know for sure aren't locals and they aren't the volunteers that are doing a great job. They're people that are out there trying to take advantage of people like us that are already sort of devastated and are just trying to make it worse. Napier's mayor told News Talk ZB this week that the crime concern was real in other places too. It is really widespread. We've got a lot of concerned community members. And earlier this week, newsroom journalist Bonnie Sumner vividly described how fear and anger about looting was stressing out locals in several Hawke's Bay towns. They'll take anything, and the gangs are more organised than the police, one woman told her. Now, last weekend, those claims that gangs were involved prompted the police minister to tell them to pull their heads in and pull their patches off and pull out shovels and wheelbarrows instead and help clean up, which would seem to indicate that Stuart Nash did think the gangs might be in on the crime. Though, as Sam Hayes reported on News Hub at 6 last weekend... Police minister had no idea how bad it was until News Hub told him this afternoon. But last Tuesday morning, the Prime Minister told Today FM that law and order was still all in order in Hawke's Bay and crime was not as bad there as the rumour mill or media reports would have you believe. Police aren't seeing any evidence to suggest that there's a degree of lawlessness as some of the rumour mill might be suggesting. The police commissioner had already told the media that family violence was up in the affected regions, but in fact fewer dishonesty offences than usual had been recorded in the region after Gabrielle. But the impression that things were out of control prompted opposition politicians to pile in, and that gave more grist to the media's mill. National leader Christopher Luxon called out low-life scumbag behaviour after calling for the doubling of the sentences of those caught stealing during a state of emergency. And the arrest stats supplied by the police cut no ice at all, with Act MP Nicole McKee speaking on the platform. 
When someone comes yeah. at you with a with a weapon, no matter what it is, and they're trying to take your generator and they're trying to take your food, what they want is not statistics. They want the boys in blue and the boys in green to be down their streets. And the same day, Winston Peters also called for the army to be brought in to deter gangs and feral thugs threatening, robbing, stealing and looting, in his words. So here we had, through the media, two completely contrasting accounts of life at Ground Zero. Local people insisting that looting was rife and threats of violence and that soldiers on the streets might now be needed and opposition politicians and some local ones were backing that up. But the police top brass in the government and some other local leaders insisted there was really nothing you wouldn't expect to see during something like a power cut. For once, the powers that be seemed to be on the same page as mongrel mob spokespeople, claiming it was the truth that was being beaten up by politicians and the media. Now, part of the problem here was that so much of what was being said in the media was based on a lot of anecdotes, but few full facts. Though people in Puketapu and other communities certainly weren't manning 24-7 roadblocks, which we've seen in our news, for no reason. And in those circumstances, the media must try to sift the facts from the fiction and the emotions to provide a bit of clarity. On Monday, on News Talk ZB, Heather Duplessy-Ellen catalogued some of the known crimes so far, like this. It was reported on News Hub last night that as soon as generators arrive, people then blockade them with cars to stop them being nicked. A roading crew has reportedly had a pistol and a sawn-off shotgun pulled on them. Vodafone CEO says that their generators are being stolen from their cell site. And already, so far, 59 people have been arrested for looting and dishonesty. And that last stat was repeated earlier on ZB by Kerry Woodham like this. And it's not just one or two. 59 people have already been arrested. But those 59 arrests, according to the police, were for a range of offences, including family violence. And as both ZB presenters themselves acknowledged, the figure was maybe meaningless anyway, because it was pretty hard, or sometimes even impossible, for people to report anything to anyone when the communications were stuffed, or at best sketchy, after Gabrielle struck. On Thursday, News Talk ZB and Morning Report on RNZ National both confirmed that a traffic management crew had been threatened with a gun earlier in the week. The police commissioner questioned whether this had happened at all, but Liam Harvey, a Napier traffic management supervisor, says his crew were at Parkour 5 roundabout when weapons, including a shotgun, were pointed at them uh, from a car window. They were just trying to set up a site, just trying to do their job and out of nowhere they had weapons pointed at them. And Liam Harvey told RNZ that he did report that to the police at the time. However, so far, no other cases of firearms being presented have been confirmed by the police yet, or by the media. And while plenty of people have been saying that gangs are involved in looting and crime, and that would be no surprise really given that the Eastern and Bay of Plenty districts have more gang members than any others, there's been little hard evidence of that so far. Now, in part, that's because the police haven't said a whole lot about it, which was frustrating for ZB's Heather Duplessy-Allen last Tuesday. We'll keep you posted on whether he's actually man enough to man up and talk about it. And when Police Commissioner Andrew Costa did go man-to-man on ZB with Mike Hosking, he wanted to know how many of those arrested were in gangs. You don't want to tell me that, and I still have to go and OIA that, and you don't think that's a massive waste of my time? Oh, look, I just don't have that at my fingertips, Mike. Um, can you get it to me before the end of the day? Flat out is, I'm sure we can take a look, but I cannot guarantee you I'll get you that granularity by the end of the day, Mike. But we'll do our best to give you what we can. And earlier that day, a guy called Brent, who said he'd been manning overnight roadblocks in Eskdale, 
called News Talk ZB with some interesting information. We had uh, about a 34 the other night. We uh, took the plates and numbers of every, all, every single one of them, 23 of them were known to the police as gang affiliates. Brent's claims appeared in News Talk ZB's news bulletins a couple of hours later, but vanished after that. And it's a pity that no one mined him for more information and corroboration to add to coverage that was crying out for hard facts. And as the audio of Brent's ZB talkback call is now circulating in online forums, accompanied by unverifiable claims of undeclared deaths, secret morgues, and even that the government had prevented the army from entering Hawke's Bay, it would have been good to get him properly on the record. On Thursday, the mayor of Gisborne and Tairawhiti's police chief both called for a bit of calm and truth over similar claims that crime was spiking on their patch, and they added that the social media teams of the police were actively working to have disinformation removed. Because all this does have a bit of an impact on people hearing it, it seems. After Brent's call, News Talk ZB's Kerry Woodham got this dark message. Uh, Kerry, I'm in rural Hawke's Bay. I have not seen or heard from one civil defence person. Our road is back in and the scum are cruising around like sharks. My thoughts are that this government wants people out of the rural areas and into town so the whole freaking rural country can go into pine trees. I can tell you as one pissed off rural person that is not going to happen. There is so much politicisation of this tragedy and we won't be forgetting it. As another caller said, during COVID they were all over the country like a rash. Vigilante groups are rallying. Now, whether that's just someone who's venting a bit or a real prospect, well, listeners were left to guess. The political rhetoric in the media also triggered some people. When Nationals' proposed doubling of looters' sentences was raised on News Talk ZB, there were talkback responses like this one. I think it's a nice idea, but it, it won't make a blind bit of difference. And the reason for that is because judges hand down sentences, and as I think I heard you say not too long ago, James, essentially judges got to offend many, many, many times before you get sentenced to a period of imprisonment. The solution, that former police officer said, was to take sentencing out of the hands of our judges, which would be a pretty radical step for our justice system. Now, thanks to the media, it is now clear to everyone that theft and the threat of it is very real for the people who are more vulnerable right now in cyclone-hit regions, and that they weren't reassured at all by the police and the Prime Minister, who were deliberately playing it down earlier this past week. On Heather Duplessy Allen's Drive Show, the host summed it up this way. People are not going to remember the details. They will remember is that the new Prime Minister told us crime wasn't that bad, which proved not to be true, which is going to feel for an awful lot of us like trying to mislead us, whether he meant to or not. And she might be right that people won't remember the details, which were not always clear, as we've just heard. But if they do feel misled about the post-cyclone crime wave, they might feel that the way it was covered in parts of the media was part of the problem too.